Can't get enough of Cthulhu and Cairo? Join our Patreon for as low as $3 per month to access special features and bonus content. You can find us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. All right, Faye. So you're being motioned out towards the car with a primed and loaded, appears to be loaded, it's hard to tell in an automatic, but primed... uh, German Luger, and the gentleman has the wherewithal not to get too close to you with the gun in case you have this weird idea to kick or struggle for it, but he has backed up and he's pointing you through the main part of the room, you know, where you first enter, where the entrance is, and he's asking you to go in front of him and head, you know, for the car. Before I get in front of him, take my ring off and I drop it on the ground as inconspicuously as I possibly can. All right, Mel. Do you have anything for sleight of hand? If not, let's make a dex roll with a hard success um, to see if he notices what you're doing. Or if you're able to do it without... Because you're not trained in stealthy removal. and Because you want the ring not to make any noise when it hits the ground. You're trying to do this as one fluid action, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, give me a dex check with... uh, Never mind. That's a, so that's a critical. That's a critical success. Off of one of the crystals of the chandelier, you place the ring as you slide by in a graceful motion, uh, making sure that the gemstone will attract the light as someone comes through the door to notice that it is somehow been lodged inside of the chandelier itself. Brilliantly done. Okay, I am sick and tired of dice. Okay, so. <laughs> As a keeper, that makes no sense. But okay, I love it. it. It's it's thematic. It's great. It's pulpy. Somehow she eludes the Nazi with the eagle eye with a gun and leaves a tr- leaves the <laughs> leaves of Lauren clue for Hold someone. Hold on, I got it. I got it. I got it. She sneezed. Her hand shot up over her head when she did the. Oh, there. See? I, I predicted it. She sneezed yeah. while she was doing the like yeah, vampire dabs. arm to cover her mouth. She threw it up and it lodged. Yeah. That's how she did it. Okay. Why well, does it have to be lodged in the chandelier? It's not. Those it's pieces. just <laughs> okay. on a critical success. It's just a massively brilliant move. So I wanted to give her some thematic. You know, okay. she's... Oh, I'm so tired of being kidnapped. Stretches her arms and places it up there or something. Wants to give me some kind of happiness for when (laughs) Faye meets her untimely demise in the next episode or two. So, Right. Got it. So as you, now that you've been able to silently leave this clue without him noticing, he does get a little bit closer. So the idea of trying to slam the door and run, you know, get away, that's not going to happen. And you feel the Luger press into the small of your back. You guys exit the building. This is your last chance not to get into the car. Now, I'm not telling you not to get into the car because you're counting on the man like this not firing the weapon into your back. However... If you are truly worried about the car, this really is the moment to make that call. Okay, so I could fight the guy. Mm, you but could my run. Low. I could run. I could also get shot at. 
Right. Remember, there is a, a very large man standing at the bottom of these four or five steps by the car. If you were to wrestle with this man, this Mueller, he's going to come and help him. So it's either run or get in the car. She would try to run. She you're... would exhaust all possibilities before getting into that car. You decide you're going to try to break and run. Yes. The first shot rings out and drives you to the ground. You've been hit. The other man yells. <laughs> He's like, Obersframmenfuhrer, what is happening? He's like, pick her up! And the guy comes running. You're, sh you're bleeding from the shoulder. The bullet went right through. Um, you do take 10 points of damage. Um, and that was from one single shot. The, the man is now there. You were knocked over. Um, you know, the pain is far worse than anything you've ever felt. He grabs you, picks you up. People on the street are scattering. Mueller starts walking towards you very calmly, still with the gun leveled at you, and says, For someone who only wanted a book, you are very, very interesting. How many things must you truly be hiding from me, Miss Dawson, to attempt to run? And he leans in and goes, But I have a feeling we're going to find out. Okay, over to Joel. Okay. Oh, my God. Hang in there, Faye. <laughs> we love you, Faye. Um, okay. Cliffhanger. So he, he sits down, and fortunately for you, Joel, if you remember... <laughs> Just one second. P players at home, being on the wonderful system of Roll20, we are able to uh, send a quick message to one another. And Catherine Ross has just earned herself a timeout for what she typed in the group chat. Um, <laughs> that was uh. not... It was... <laughs> she just wrote, folks, I have a really nice fur coat to wear to your funeral. And Faye typed back, bitch. So I just wanted to share that there is a lot of things going on behind the scenes. But for those of you at home who aren't able to see our our production because well we're cheap um at least you can understand what's being said so i love sit, you the, the uh the gentleman sits down and remember he did spend some time in london so he does have a a pretty good handle of the english language and he says okay so mr polter how may i help you i let him know that i'm in I'm in town with a group of individuals and that they have an agenda which very well may put them at odds with political factions and possibly the law. I know that I can't ask you to break any of your oaths to your office, but I ask in situations where possible and where our brotherhood uh, might be apropos that you assist us where necessary. I fear that some of their inquiries might get some of them in Dutch with the wrong people. Is this something that you as well are interested in, or is this only for your friends? Uh, it's an endeavor that I've undertaken with them, and uh, I have sworn to assist and protect them as, as well as I can, uh, up to and including my life. I see. Well, I will do whatever is within the law to do. I, of course, you have my utmost confidence as long as you are not breaking the rules of our lodge or asking me to risk my position here in, with the law, that the situation. I am, of course, at your disposal. Right. It would behoove us both to know a little bit more of what, you would, what it is you are trying to do. 
There are many things happening, Mr. Poulter, right now in Berlin that may aid or hinder us, depending on what it is you seek. I can't really go into details for multiple reasons. A very strong one of which is I don't want to put you in jeopardy. And I think it would be better the less that you are aware of while we're in this city. You're making it difficult for me, Mr. Poulter, to use my resources to help you if I don't know how I'm helping you or for what. There is an item in this building that they are looking to retrieve. It is of significance to, we'll call it a quest that they are on or I am on with them. It is not an item that anyone would let go of willingly, especially given the current climate of your country. And uh, it represents a paramount interest to one of the factions, which is rising rapidly to the top of your political structure. Give me an intel roll. Yes, that is a that's a that's, that's a hard success. It's almost a critical success. You sense those words stir him. He looks left. He looks right. Puts his finger up. Walks over and turns the intercom system on, but just gets static. He goes to where it's noise, just white noise. Comes right. over and sits back down and says, "Which party? The National Socialist Party." He grins. Nazis. Well, in that case, you have, uh, I am all ears, and you have my full attention. How can I they're help seeking, you? They're seeking the blood flag. Really? The banner of the party. He the is, banner used in the beer hall pushed. He literally looks like he's on fire, so happy. He says, you're just taking it away? Just removing it? <laughs> removing it permanently, yeah. Oh, Mr. Poulter... You could not come at a better time. Several of my comrades are organizing a march in a few days. Friends of mine, if you understand. I understand. It would be a massive blow to Herr Hitler's organization should they lose that flag. Let me ask you a question. Would it be better to try to replace the flag or to just have it be gone? Would it be better for your purposes? <laughs> gone. It, otherwise, it's you... still a symbol. Otherwise, it still holds power right. to those who follow it. But if it is removed, right. taken, it shows that they can't even keep control of their own symbols. Think right. of what it would mean. Oh, my friend, is any... this is remarkable. Is there anything that you can do to assist me in getting it out of here? I don't, or uh, assist... I, I, I don't know. Assist, I, I... assist me in getting and my people in here to get rid of it might be enough. You'll have if to give me help. a few days. Um, sure, absolutely. Uh, I, I've given my uh, information at the organization. They know how to reach me. Yes, yes, I will be in touch. Let me speak to several of my friends who might be able to lend you a diversion or some other form of help to uh, stick one to the nationals. This would be, this is very exciting, Mr. Poulter. I do not even care what you do with the damn thing. Just getting it away from Herr Hitler and, and the brown shirts would be a tremendous, tremendous move for the workers. This is a brilliant, brilliant plan. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Okay. I'm excited to hear it. <laughs> I'm excited. You're excited. Catherine, you've, you're outside and you're enjoying a gelato uh, that you bought from a little hurdy-gurdy man with a monkey. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> the monkey keeps asking you for some change. 
You've given him some change. The monkey avoids you for a while and goes to other people, keeps tipping its hat. Everyone thinks it's cute. The gelato thing is just this cold box that he keeps some of the ice cream in. Your friends have not yet come out, but it's only been probably about an hour. So you are hoping that everything's going well. And at that point, you do see Sid emerge from the building and start making his way down the stairs. So you head, I'm assuming you're going to head towards Sid once he clears the guards and everything? Yeah, like once he's far enough away where they're not seeing Sid approach the arrest lady. So Sid's accent comes back on, I'm sure. And uh, that was for, yeah, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Sid's Sid's cockney comes back on full power. And uh, he walks up and the two of you, he starts explaining to you in, I guess, whatever terms he wants. Sid, I'll let you go through that in a minute. Aveline and Jean, uh, you're on the right-hand side of the building. You've walked away from uh, where the flag is. Do you Are you looking to get out of the building immediately? Are you going to try to scope the whole rest of the upstairs? Um, what's your? How much longer are you going to try to do- designate to this part of the, the plan? Well, while this has been happening and we're looking at this folder, we still have the folder. Uh-huh. I'm guessing, John, you have a pen? Yeah, yeah I've been marking on the map that we, that we got. Uh... Yep where the where we've noticed what uh, any other points of interest you know as far as like guards here or things like that exactly yeah no problem all right so all that's so all that's been taken care of i surreptitiously very like quietly say to him i think i may know someone who can help us get in to this place later and pick up the flag without any possible bloodshed that's Perhaps. intriguing okay should we should we you know depart and go talk with our comrades Yes, but I do have to tell you this man is, he is associated with our club, but he is somewhat separated from it. He does not always follow our club's ways and ideals. He kind of does his own thing. Well, we're on business right now. I mean, that's really none of my concern at this point. All right. Well, then I will arrange a meeting for later tonight. This would only just be the the two of us, not really open to. We the can rest bring of everybody. Our... We can bring Good. everybody. Well, let's make our way safely out of the building here. I I would say, keeper, we uh we just sort of make you know nonchalantly kind of start making our same way the way we came in. Okay. And see if we can make our way back to uh to that center hall and just kind of uh walk into the play, walk into the hall and walk out the door like uh like we belong there. Yeah, they um. We'll figure you got into here about 1130, 12 o'clock. Sid had his meeting around 1230. That works out. Uh, Catherine got ejected between 1230 and 1. So it's probably about 2, 215. And you make your way back into the center of the, the center area. The guards do stop you for a moment, but not in any way, shape or form as a shakedown. They just ask you to pause for a moment. Uh, several ministers are, are, you know, being escorted out from the parliamentary hall. Uh, they're leaving early, whatever their reasons, but they're they're coming out with you know their entourage and their assistants and stuff. So they let them clear for security purposes, and uh, it's not a big rush. It's just a few, maybe five or six, and then. Um, but you do hear yelling when the door opens. You hear a cacophony of noise as one voice is just ripping across the the top of the others. And then the doors shut. These ministers are being ushered out. And after everybody clears and they go through the double doors, the, the guards nod and thank you. And they let you through. And other people that have been, you know, basically held up for a moment, they let them through the Great Hall. And you make your way back outside. 
you come down the stairs, you walk, you know, 70 or 50, 70 or 100 feet across the Strasse or whatever they call that big opening, and you get to where Catherine and Sid, uh, Sid is taking a couple bites of the gelato that Catherine wasn't able to finish, the monkey's harassing him, he pays the monkey, and the four of you together, and one second. Faye, you're brought into the car, um, you are bleeding, the chauffeur, whatever he is, you know, he hands you a kerchief, uh, you're pressing it hard into the wound, the gentleman sits down beside you, the chauffeur makes you as comfortable as possible, you are in, you know, some agony, and they shut the door, he jumps in the front, and, you know, the car takes off down the street, the police didn't show um there was only one gunshot people did scatter but it didn't seem like anybody was running to get police running to get cops they were just running away and Mueller is sitting there he does have the gun on you but he's a little bit more relaxed like you'd be stupid to move jump out of a moving car but you know go ahead and give it a shot with your shoulder but uh he says so I'm going to take you on a small ride to meet a few of my friends Miss Dawson and then we will do as I had originally told you, and I will take you back to your accommodations. Uh, your friends just as trigger-happy as you are? Am I trigger-happy, Miss Dawson, or am I doing exactly what I told you I would do? I am trying to get you home safely. It is your choice if you wish to resist. I am a man of my word. I will get you home. Yes, all right. First, I will take you to meet a few of my colleagues. We will tend to your shoulder, ask you a few questions, and then... My driver and I will take you home. Where is it that you are staying again? Um, I'm staying in a small hostel in the suburbs. I can give you the address. Very well. He says, we shall uh, take you to this place. Drives on in silence. You do leave this quarter of the city. You start heading north. You cross a bridge. You go probably about 20 or 30 minutes uh, into a nice area of Berlin, but definitely crowded uh an older district down in you know several streets at this point you couldn't find your way home unless you hailed a cab or something like you couldn't step out of this car and make your way back to where you were there's been too many lefts too many rights uh you're in pain and agony you've lost more blood matter of fact you have to take since it's not been tended to but with basics you you take another three points of damage all right. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Um, and a rag on it. Yeah, that's not enough because it did pass through. So there's blood coming out the other side too. I mean, you are oozing, but you know, for now they, they pull up, and then it, the car takes a sharp turn down this alleyway, and the driver jumps out of the car, pulls you from it, trying to be gentle, but doesn't seem like gentle is really in his vocabulary or wheelhouse you end up getting shaken up and bumped around a little bit and he walks over and lifts these two bunko type doors on this building and hits a button and a service elevator comes up and he carries you know carries forces you on and Mueller you know comes walking up very nonchalantly now that he's got his hand the guy's got his hands on you he puts the gun pretty much away steps onto the elevator as well, hits the button, and you start to descend. You go down, you would estimate 20, 30 feet at least. The elevator stops. Uh, there is a secretary, a woman at a desk. 
She sees you come down, quickly gets off the phone, stands, clicks her heels. Obstramenfjora, he says, yes, I'm going to need you to contact, and he gives the name of a doctor. He says, get him here at once, and then summons a counselor. We have a visitor that we need to question. This way, Miss Dawson. He brings you to a small room. They bring you in. They start, you know, one guy starts unbuttoning your blouse to look at your wound. That's entirely up to you if you're going to allow it, but you're going to keep getting hurt and bleeding a little bit if they don't start treating something. He tries to be as modest as he can. He's not trying to rough handle you, but he does peel that side away so that he can see the damage. He says something in German. Mueller steps out of the room for a second and shuts the door, trying to give you a modicum of decency. About an hour passes. Doctors do arrive. They start patching you up. Uh, the bullet, they check inside. It's painful. They don't give you anything for the agony, uh, but they do stitch you up. They immobilize your arm. Uh, you're going to be hindered with that for a, a little bit with your arm in a you know sling because they don't want you moving it and tearing open the stitches. And then you're brought down this hallway, down another set of small stairs, and you enter this chamber. There is one light. There is a dais of just black and gray stone, probably about 40 to 50 feet across. There is a raised area that looks like people would stand behind it, like um, some sort of a small sub wall, a half wall. I'll show you a picture in a moment. And then there's another central raised dais of four stones, four steps, circular, and a central disc. They walk you up and they position you in front of the central disc. There's only the light on this thing. There's, there's shadows in this room. It's, you can't tell its dimensions. And they start to walk away from you. Wait here. That's all you hear as they, sh they walk out and shut the door. Then, a few moments pass. Do you stay where you are or do you get up and move? I'm going to stay where I am. I think it'd be really stupid for me to try to escape from here. Lights slowly come up at the far corners of the room and over the central dais where you are standing, and you see this. Oh, wowzers. Okay. You see about 30 men in cloaks and robes, fully dressed. Faces are hidden in the hoods. They are standing oh, there, and you see Mueller walk in, now in his full uniform, which is an early prototype of what it will become within a year. And there's a reason that he has the earlier prototype of this look. And he walks up and stops at the bottom of the dais. He takes the one step, walks into the, the, you know, the uh, enclosure here, looks up at you at the pedestals, up, up the stairs, the central stairs, and says, Now, Miss Dawson, we have two ways this can go. You can tell me the truth, and you can leave here. A friend of the Thule Society. Or we can lay you down upon that table. I summon the hair doctor to come back in, pump you full of chemicals, get the information that I need, and then leave you ruined and abused in some alley in Berlin. You seem a strong-headed young woman. He takes a couple steps forward. So I'm going to give you a moment to really carefully think about the predicament you are in. Because 
This time, there are no second chances. Do you understand? Nod your head. I'll tell you what you need to know. Excellent. I love making new friends. Okay, four of you guys, where are we at? Well, well. Oh, Faye, darling. We would have oh, made our way outside and looked for Catherine. Yep, you found her with yeah. the monkey and the gelato guy. And Sid is uh, is Sid is anywhere to be seen with Catherine. He's with me. So um, when, we're having a snack. When Sid first <laughs> comes out, Catherine, you notice that he has a um, the. He has lost that that um, easygoing, happy demeanor, and he's sort of like laser focused and dead serious. Mm-hmm. And then as he sees you, he rolls back into easygoing, big smiling Sid. Right. Mm-hmm. Looks like someone's found a treat. How's about sharing that with old Sydney? Um, I mean, if you if you're into pistachio, I know it's not everyone's favorite. It's mine. You're more than welcome to it. You didn't. Wow. We had you knew we were all coming. Why didn't you just come with us? The when we all came over, we took a cab. If you had a meeting I, here, I I didn't know I was going to end up being here, love. I had somewhere else I had a meet earlier with oh. another man, and it just ended up being here. But uh, I think it was quite lucky. We'll have to see how it goes. I should find out within the next day or two if I can uh, add to your little endeavor, as it were. My little endeavor. Well. Our little endeavor, I there should say. Go. I mean, I am a confederate of this plot on humanity. A lot of people doing insane things <laughs> that are not adding up. <laughs> so. Oh, Catherine. Is that. It's, that, a, it's your... a plotty kind of world, dear. It's a plotty kind oh. of world. Apparently. John and Aveline come walking up, I guess, as mm-hmm. we, as yep. the two of them are talking. Yep. Thanks for saving me. Catherine, you're all right. Thank you for coming to my aid. Well, we you figured that... right uh, into an office of a German head I, of state. I, I thought you did it on purpose to give us a nice distraction, which was beautiful. It worked It worked smashingly, let me say. Let's, let's say that was intentional then. Did, I think I, it was a brilliant move, Miss Ross. Wonderful. We found, we found the flag. We, uh, we put eyes on the Great. flag. So my strip search uh, was worth it. Are we still outside? <laughs> we are. Yeah. We're I, I don't. I don't know. There's such a bright idea, mentioning what it is you're looking for, given where we are. Now nah, there's there's a lot of. I mean, no one's talking in it's yelling terms. Wide open space, I, right? Yeah, it's a pretty big. They don't have that kind of listening technology at this point. No, no, uh, no parabolic mics uh, invented just yet. Not quite. Three months. <laughs> with Sid Three saying months. that, with Sid saying that, I'll give him this. Well, we should probably find the place to lay low. Maybe we should go back to the hotel because I need to make a call. And I think I may know someone, as I've told for the Professor John over here, who can help us re- retrieve the thing that we all wish to get. How well, the heck? I will explain everything in a more neutral ground, please. I think that's smart. We should go back I to the room and definitely... The best. Share all the information that we that we each have to uh, please to contribute here. Yeah, mm. the uh, the other thing is the hotel does have the cafe and the restaurant at this time of day about two thirty. There'd be almost like nobody in it. 
So if you wanted to get a bite, since no one's eating lunch or anything, you could order food. And as long as you're cautious around the waiter, there's not going to be any chance of being overheard there. I mean, they're not, no one's, yeah. So you, you make, you get a cab, the four of you split it. You head back to the Aldon and uh, you arrive there, let's say by three o'clock, 3.15, you're, you're in. And again, if you want to use the room because you're super cautious or whatever, that's fine. But well, if, I would say we check into the room just to see if Faye has left, you know, yeah. a yeah. note or anything about um, <laughs> well, where she's been. No, Faye has Faye has not yet returned from her her jaunt to the uh, Thesopical Society, and Catherine knows Faye likes to hit libraries yeah. and universities along the mm-hmm. way. So yeah, it's it's only Gets three. Gets stuck o'clock. in the books and loses track of time for a bit. Yeah. For the viewers at home, Melinda is shaking her head. <laughs> Faye Dawson is like, I've been grabbed. Help. I've been napped. <laughs> I've been taken. Everyone here is like, oh, Faye, she just lost in the books. The girl loves a read. And meanwhile, she's somewhere underground going, please, someone. <laughs> we don't have psychic powers, darling. So Not yet. It- not yet. We're working on it. So you're we're upstairs. Really, um, Valine doesn't have psychic powers. I mean, she's got German connections. She can get guns past the, you know, she can smuggle some guns. I'm about to explain all of that if once we're in a quiet location. Yeah, so Grand. You, you go downstairs, order food. I'm sure by now everybody's hungry. You order food at the cafe. Yeah. You grab a corner table. It's absolutely empty. Um, the waiter immediately brings over, you know, the silverware is all there and everything, brings over coffee and, you know, glasses of water, takes your orders and disappears for 25 minutes. So, lay on, McDuff. What do you want to talk about? So, uh, what was your business there, Sid? To meet with someone who is, um, who was related to me through uh, a private endeavor, but might be able to help us in our, our cause. He seems to be of a similar mind. And he might be able to assist us in retrieving said item. I have to wait about a day to two days and he'll get back to me with what he can do. He's in a high position, though, within the Reichstag. As we're talking, I pull out the map that I had and I, you know, I I share it with everybody to retrace our steps, where we went through the building, any important notes that we might have seen and around to the back and apparently to the, the head offices of you know, chancellor or other leaders and to point out exactly where the flag is, was also to point out that it seemed that there were brown shirts and guards everywhere back there, everywhere. No, no, no less than 12 people in that very hall where the flag was. This is great information. All I was able to determine is that they're mean and have cold hands. And you have found a very fine gelato stand. That is important. Good things. I approve can of that. I can I ask? You know, we know that this flag, as a as an uh, an item, uh, you know, an item of power or such, is needed, you know, by whoever these people are that are working against us. All we need to make sure is that they don't get their hands on the flag. Is that are we all in agreement there? Because I mean... recovering the flag isn't necessarily the only goal. Simply making sure that the flag doesn't exist anymore destroying a flag is a... well with that would that would mean taking the flag right i mean we've got to get the flag once we have it we can destroy it and then it's out of circulation i mean obviously we don't want to hold on to it too long or it's, it's going to find it's way into this it's a other simple group. matter it's a simple matter of some gasoline and a match like yeah burn the That's thing 
That's what I'm saying. Or, yeah. or um, you know, even a chance to is there is there a possibility of destroying it where it hangs? That would be a you very know, big acid. sign against the against the German people, and it would lead to massive repercussions. Not just it destroying it in plain sight would be a very very big no no in this in this culture. They value that thing so much, and taking well, well, it might not be the well, best Audrey, option. I but don't like, care about what the Germans think or feel <laughs> about any of this. I just want to make sure we we get rid and of this. And if they flag. figure out so it was the cultural us that ramifications destroyed of it. it, and if they figured out who destroyed it, then that's. Well, if if they if they find if, out it was us, whoever that is, we got bigger problems than you know angry German people. I'm just think, wondering, like like a more clandestine approach, you know, um, you know, uh, an air duct or something like that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that maybe a more stealthy plan could be created if we knew what some of our members have connections apparently at the Reichstag. What's up? We don't have all the information. Some of us yep. are operating from a space of blankness. And it's... and I, I'm not I'm not even suggesting a plan. I'm just putting information out for us mm. to start for all of us to start thinking about different possibilities. Yeah, walking you know walking into the place and grabbing something off the wall seems like it's going to be a very difficult thing in in most circumstances. But um, you know, let's I'm I'm certainly eager to hear what uh, what your contact says, Sid and. Aveline seems to have some information as well to share on the subject, so this may be all a moot point, huh? I should be really surprised, but somehow I'm not. Aveline, please do tell us what you found out. I think the one with the inside connection should go first, honestly, Mr. Poulter, because my man, he's the one that can either get it or destroy it, as Professor has suggested, but again, he is an outside operator. Whoever you have on the inside would be beneficial to tell him should we make contact with my person, with my contacts. Outside, inside, somebody say something. Well, I, I thought I pretty much made it clear. I'm waiting. It's going to be about 24 to 48 hours before I hear back from my contact. Right. Uh, What's his name? As, as far as what I can do, what he can do. Uh, I cannot reveal my source, unfortunately. I can just simply tell you that, much like yourself and the effervescent Mr. Schooley, uh, I myself am a member of a secret society, one that is old and venerable and uh, believes in a common man and a common goal. That's the best I can do. But I hold nothing back that would harm this group, and uh, I seek only to use my connections to uh, further our cause and protect us. And then I we have seem to be of the same mind. Well, but... that's true. Except for the fact that you're asking me to tell you who's my people are, and I can't uh, do that. I'm freely about to tell you who I know, but again, I don't actually know his name. He doesn't have one. Well, my contact is not the fellow that's going to do the work, but uh, he assures me that he is of the same mind that we are and that the disappearance of said flag would be a fantastic turn of events for certain other factions as the National Socialists are growing in uh, their scope and scale. So, Sid, we have, a, we have a day or two to wait before you're... Your friend contacts, you know, gets back in touch with you to find out what information right. he has to say. Right, and, and they Abilene, should. 
they should contact me here so okay well i mean i'd certainly see if you if you know someone who might have some information i mean we should probably still still speak with them certainly good to explore all options keep everything on the table so if, if you know somebody who may be able to assist us in some way i certainly think we should explore that if you're willing i think that's fair and if you will not reveal his name, if you give it, if you give me your word right now that you are sure that he will not, one, inform our enemies of our mo- of our movements, and two, his information will be solid, and he could possibly have get us in without any commotion or bloodshed, then it'll be that much simpler for the person that I p- propose to bring to the table will help us out in this way. So, if if you can tell me that this is legit i will i'll tell you what i know well i can tell you though it's legit in so much that i've already said i don't know the name of the geezer i'm supposed to be working with i don't know what his plan is yet i simply know that my connection in this city is of the same mind to assist us and is looking in inquiries once i can find that person then i'll have more information and i'll share it and as far as my organization goes it's as old as practically time so our word is our bond, much like, I'm sure, can, hmm? much like I'm sure your own is. Mine? I was in a book club once. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. I've, re- I've read a book. It was a good book. Maybe all, two. All right. Aveline, like, kind of puts her hands out, like, all right, let's... She's about to cut to the chase, basically, and tell everybody what's going on. There is a, for lack of a better word, vigilante that my father was associated with back in the day. You are all wondering how I know how to handle myself with a weapon and how I know so many people all over the world. Well, my father, he was a the second in command of a gang in London, one of the biggest. He unfortunately has passed on and all of his contacts and his informants owe me favors because our family has paid prices by keeping them out of prison and so on. This man, owes me and my family a great debt. He will only be referred to as the Reflection. Okay. Bit of cloak and dagger, huh? Yes, he is very well versed in getting in and out of places, and in fact, if you recall the news article, that was him. About the house in the village. That I made that, he made that go away from me. So suddenly the door at the back of the restaurant where the waiters and waitstaff would come in and out pushes open a man steps in with a silver mask across his eyes that almost is so polished and sh- and such a sheen that you can see yourself almost like a mirror steps in he's got a black fedora on a long trench coat it's pulled up tight and he walks in and he says enough Aveline you don't need to tell them anymore at this point I am the reflection. Can I make dun, dun, a, some dun. sort of roll to see if I laugh or not? Go ahead. <laughs> no. Make a roll to see if you laugh. <laughs> this I is a serious, serious thing. He was slightly melodramatic. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's an entrance. I Friends. want a spot hidden. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Please. Out of the kitchen? Can I roll a psychology to see if he was if that came across as serious or yeah. camp? Go ahead. I didn't make my spot hidden. My psychology role is a success. He 
really likes saying that he's the reflection. <laughs> like he, oh, he is okay. the reflection. Right. And All here right. I thought we were going to use this guy as more serious. <laughs> he is, but he oh. loves. I mean, he is the reflection. So he steps forward a couple paces and he says, "Friends, I don't have much time. I know why you're here, and I know what you're after." Work through my friend, my agent, Aveline, and I will do whatever I can to assist you to stop this evil plot, collect the items of power, and save the world. I'd like to sit down and have a sandwich. This is... <laughs> Would you like to sit down? Um, so we can talk if we're going to be working together. To myself right about now. That's a lot of information you have there, Mr. Reflection. Exactly. It is my job. That's a lot of information you're offering up in the middle of he a prefers fucking the re He prefers the Reflection. It makes him seem like this thing, rather than a person. John, I'm here if any of you need me. Good okay. God. Time is short. I must be away. Are you, Your uh, skills will be needed soon. Do you reflection. have... Uh, okay. Okay, so he's no, he's he has, exiting his. He's about to exit. He's about to give a monologue. What would you like to say? <laughs> oh my god! It, do you have Christ some sort of assistance that you can help us with recovering this item here in Berlin? Apparently, you are well versed in what we're doing. So, please, what help can you provide for us here in Berlin? If Sid is able to come true. On his, with his contact, a diversion made, a plan laid down by the five of us. He doesn't include, he only sees four of you plus himself. He says, then yes, I may just be able to sneak in and acquire the flag. He looks left, he looks right, he says, your sandwiches are coming, I must go. <laughs> but I will be in touch. And he flips a business card towards the table it majestically spirals through the air lands on the table slides a little bit hits the salt shaker stops and he says all you need to do is use that number farewell and he runs back through the door um he has a tendency to err on the side of dramatic because he has led a very, very interesting life, but um, completely trust this guy. With, Why? He's good with a gun. <laughs> I completely trust this guy. Why are we doing anything because when he could just? He can't. He's just one man, Lauren. Catherine, he's have just a one little man. bit. He just... He's just a man, <laughs> no, but no, he no. is. He is the reflection. <laughs> right. he's just exactly. A man. I'm just Catherine oh. Ross. He is an idea. What could I do <laughs> that this man cannot? So Aveline's past has placed her in league with this crime fighter who is there to help people like yourselves thwart international socialism or whatever other thing comes up. This is the guy. You are lucky. You are so fortunate to have the reflection there to back you people up should it ever go south. 
Now, if they can only fig- <laughs> please send the reflection to break me out, I will cry. Faye says, <laughs> um, "That doesn't happen, oh. Faye. The reflection doesn't know where you are at the moment." But um, my only real question here is: Does he have a sidekick? What's name is the rearview mirror? <laughs> That's Sid. This is not a laughing matter. How no, is he's a laughing his matter. agents? His agents are called mirages. That's correct. I guarantee Lever. you, my man is not going to pop out in a fucking mask, <laughs> jumping up and down in a pair of tights, screaming, he wasn't I am in the tights. flaming portrait. He wasn't in tights. He wasn't tights. wearing tights. He, <laughs> listen, this is the pulp era. This is heroes, bigger than life. It's pulpy. It's pulpy. There's a lot of pulp in this drink. Look, I was taught to I'm always, uh, always look I'm a man in the eyes. The I don't ne- know if I trust anybody that hides their face. Okay. And... I look to John. Believe me, he knows what he's doing, and he has abilities in combat and stealth that none of us can match. John, go ahead that, and make that a cycle. That may be. That is a critical success. She... What role? A, what role a cycle. Is him... She is actually... She believes that the reflection can help and that he does have abilities that would be useful. To with the critical success, can you tell me if it's, does it does it border on sycophantic? <laughs> with, she she's also wearing her official club ring. Um, her dec- does it border on my reflection decoder ring? <laughs> my, her, her brooch, Don't knock the decoder ring. Her brooch that spells out, you know, eat your Weetabix. <laughs> Poor girl is a numpty. I didn't think it would come to this. So you're a groupie. No, she's a mirage. (laughs) Good lord. I I look at her squarely in the eyes and I say, Aveline, tell me the truth. Are you a mirage? I just said that. Yeah, she acknowledges that. Literally, he he told me his agent. He first said that. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, but the, the reflection called me his agent. I am a mirage. In my own way, but he owes me more favors than I owe him. So, like. Symbiotic relationship. Mm hmm. Exactly. My father broke him out of prison a while back and set him off again on his vigilante career, which is why I'm able to call upon him in my time of need. This seems like a very good time of need. Okay. Well, I say we let him do the work then. It's not like that. Let's see Did what Sid's know? man comes back with, and we uh, we have another tool in our belt to, to use. Yeah, it's not... Emphasis on the word tool. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> just Hurting so everyone understands in the, in the group of four, the reflection isn't replacing you. You still need to do what you do. What the reflection is, is he's just like anybody else, of anybody other's contact. Yes, he's a little more humped up, but he's also got a lot of shit going on and fights crime and does other things. So the reflection is not his only poker in the fire. <laughs> well, he's busy, man. I mean, let's just, let's just say he's it's, got, it's, it's pre-Nazi he... Germany. There is so many fires to put out. Let me tell you. Catherine has a question for Aveline. Go ahead. Yes. Darling. Mm? Did he know you were going to be in great need? Was he in Berlin? He's, he always, you know, that's the thing. He always seems to know when I need him, like, and when everybody needs him, he can be in many places at once, even. Eveline, in all seriousness, can I ask you a serious question? He um, he expressed uh, 
intimate knowledge of our tasks, of the yeah. information that we discovered. He expressed all of that knowledge. Is that something you shared with him? Yes. And you ex you trust him that that implicit that explicitly then. When you go to prison with a man like my father did with this reflection with the reflection, you form a bond by proxy. I am my father's daughter, so therefore he feels he has to protect me in some fashion now that he is gone. I thought He's I thought your dad got like, a, hmm? I thought I thought your dad got him out of prison. He did get him out of prison. They shared a prison cell and they broke out. Can you do oh. me a favor in the future? If you share with him any personal information about us, can you make sure you let us know that? As far as I'm concerned, he's helping. And also, I didn't know how much I could trust you all with this, because yes, he's a vigilante. Technically, he's wanted in several other countries, because he's done a few questionable things that the law would not agree with, but justice agrees with. Is that a yes? <laughs> I think that's all he's looking for is a yes. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, John, I kick you in the shin. Yes, it's a yes, for the love of God. Okay, thank you. Catherine, your sandwich comes. <laughs> it's it's. I ordered a schnitzel, thank you very much. <laughs> Everybody gets their food. Catherine when in just... Rome, eat yeah, schnitzel. Eat schnitzel. <laughs> Catherine just glares through the meal, takes very, very ag aggressive bites. <laughs> She's not happy. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you know, all kidding aside, this was <laughs> this is part of a background. Um, he is supposed to be melodramatic. He is supposed to be that pulp contact in the background. Um, but yeah, he's not replacing plans. He's not going to be, oh, we'll just wait here while the reflection does it. That would go really amiss. But yes, you can call on him to do some things like arrange a plane, help her smuggle stuff. Everybody has their stuff. All right, Faye, let's just take it back to you. We're going to just roll this for the next couple of minutes. Uh, we'll just get an idea where Faye's at. So we've been talking in the background. Faye, you've uh, expressed that you were going on a dig into Egypt. Blavatsky's uh, prophecy sort of came to you through some research. It sort of piqued your interests and you were then questioned by Mueller as to which part of the prophecy piqued your interest. And you asked me, which, you know, since you don't have your notes tonight, that's fine. How we go about taking care of that and what answer would you give? So I'm going to give you the six real quick again. We'll remind our listeners at home. The bones of an innocent, that's somewhere in the Himalayas. The cloth of a diabolical zealot. You believe that's here in Berlin, or that's something you can use for that item. A book of sin, that you believe is in Venice. Uh, the sigil of a maiden, you've predicted or you've uh, acquired information that says that should be allowed or um, available to you in Siberia. A tongue that has kissed death, Brazil. And the dreams of God, an aboriginal rock painting in Australia. So your answer that Blavatsky's prophecy... Uh, led you to some information or piqued interest about a dig in Egypt is not ringing entirely true with Mueller. You, what happened, and that's what happened. One voice repeated in instances, like it's as if everybody said it at the same time. Inductor! Whoa! What her? Induct her. Mueller says... Miss Dawson, 
your answers are insufficient, and you are running out of time. I need to know. You have been acting suspicious since the moment I laid eyes upon you in the shop at the Thesopical Society. You fled from me rather than off take a ride from a gentleman just looking to get some information, just looking to make some clarification as to why you are poking your nose into words and prophecy that mean quite a bit to our leader. Herr Hitler is very interested in the prophecies of Helena Blavatsky, and so are we. The Thule Society is here to guide him in his rise to power, and Miss Dawson, if you are here to in any way interfere with that, then we have a problem. So, in doctor! Everybody says it again. Mueller starts walking up the stairs. What's going on? I'm so scared. Look, sir, clearly got off on the wrong foot here. I'm just looking for answers. I found this while I was researching. There is going on. You said it yourself. There's a lot of crazy things happening in this world right now. I'm just looking for answers to a mystery that I stumbled upon. Mueller! In Doctor! And that's where we'll end it tonight. Oh. This is horrible! <laughs> no! <laughs> what does inducting me mean? I don't understand. I'm alone. I'm scared. <laughs> I am a young woman in Berlin. I'm a traveler. <laughs> I gave them, like, do they want information from the passage? Are they trying to figure out the passage, too? I don't know what is going on. (laughs) Well, (laughs) uh, I want to thank all my players, thank the people for listening. Um, But I do want to thank Joel playing Sid, Melinda as Faye, Catherine uh, is there, played by Lauren, Kayla playing the (laughs) cryptic Mirage Aveline, and Professor John Schooley for not laughing during his grand entrance from the kitchen staff doors. <laughs> um, but uh, that levity aside, which is making the uh, the other side seem so tragic, I think, uh, I do want to thank all the players for tonight, and we'll see you all next time real soon. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.